Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 22 of Mother, Rewriting the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. So this episode is what I hope is the first of many. And it's an episode with my husband, uh, Rich Lyons. I'm super excited. And it was like a little date. Like we were just had a little mini date together and get, get to share with all you aspects of our relationship. The focus of this one for us was how to mother your relationship and ways that we feel like we've done that and take you somewhat on uh, our journey as a couple, things that you know we addressed, things that uh, have we feel like have made it work, but has also been work, the work of our couple. So I hope you enjoy. I also hope you resonate with and learn from, you know, we don't by any means have a perfect marriage because there's no such thing, but we're very grateful for the guidance and work we've done along the way to now be on the other side of kids and deepening and seeing some of the best years uh, ahead for us. So very excited. And like I said, this will be the first of many and at the end, we share a couple tips. Um, well, we list some some ways, but then also um, something that you can do today and start in your relationships in um, in deepening them. 
without further ado, here we go. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> this is fun. We get to do a podcast together. Wow. <laughs> I know. Well, we've talked about this for a while and here we are. So what we envisioned in talking about, because we have lots to share about relationship and marriage and what it takes, but we want to at least get started in a conversation sharing about our relationship and how we mother our relationship, since that is the name of my podcast, Mother, and we mother all things in our lives. And one of the things I've mothered, but we mother together is our relationship. So what would you say about that just off the top of your head? Well, we met at work, if I go back to the beginning, and we were friends first. So I think that was an important aspect of our relationship and mothering our relationship. I mean, we worked together. We were part of a, a group of young consultants just out of college. And I think that, you know, being friends first before we started dating, I think was a big, a good start to our relationship for sure. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And um, we didn't really like notice each other. I mean, we were part of this friend group, like you said, and we were all young and out of college and, you know, new in the in the workforce. And I mean, I know I had it wired in me that um, I was going to get married at some point. And I don't know that I was consciously like looking for a husband uh, at that moment, but you know, when we have gone back and looked at both kind of the beautiful things that attracted to each other, but also some of these more unconscious contracts that uh, were there for us when we first started. So on the beautiful side, you're this amazing, like handsome man's man, really smart, uh, really intelligent. And for me, then on the more unconscious looking for security side, I knew that you had huge potential but potential to create a secure life for me. And you also already had family money and that was attractive. Um, so it was, there were definitely kind of all of those forces that I wasn't maybe aware of. I definitely wasn't aware of all those consciously at the time. But sure, sure. And I think you were very pretty, so that was attractive, but you were also very alive. And I thought I was marrying, you know, or I would, you know, eventually, obviously we got married, but I, I wanted to capture that aliveness. I didn't necessarily know about creating it for myself. Um, and that wasn't part of my vision, I don't think, initially. But I think I wanted to kind of, you know, capture that aliveness and have it because you had it. So, well, if I dated you, well, then I would have more aliveness in my life. Yeah. No, I, and as you're saying that, it's kind of bringing up for me how you know, I mentioned about the security and your, the solidity, but also I was marrying the masculine, you know, rather than fully honoring it within myself, you know, that um, I figured, you know, I, I would, um, and I came from a, you know, I'm kind of skipping around here, but, you know, you also fit the bill of, you know, someone I could depend on, but also that would have a dependence side of it that we ended up working on. Still are, but uh, you know, looking at that aspect of how we marry the parts of ourselves that we're we don't know we're yearning for, but we are, and kind of think that we can just marry it. But then we realize, and we can talk some about our growth journey that started together to realize, like, oh, you're there to actually represent what I need to develop in myself, right. and right. that's been a huge journey. And similarly, I was marrying the feminine. I didn't have a vision of 
creating that within myself and accepting my own femininity, you know, to go hand in hand with being masculine as well. So I think, you know, as we dated and then got more serious, I think that's when you dragged me in to see <laughs> Dr. Bob Wright. And we decided, you know, to, you know, start our growth work, if, you know, to use that word. But it was literally, you know, you were working uh, for, you know, Stan Smith. And at that time he was going through a divorce and he's, and we just got engaged. And then, you know, you came home and said, Hey, I was talking to Stan. And he said, the best thing we could do for our relationship was to work on our communication. And so we should go see his friend, Dr. Bob Wright. And I was like, no effing way. I'm like, why would I do that? I remember thinking and not really trusting you and thinking you must have secrets. There must be skeletons in the closet that you can't tell me. So why don't you just tell me? Um, and just being very scared, really. I w I, maybe I wouldn't have said it at the time, but scared and, and unsure. Like, why would we do this? We're young. We're on top of our game. Everything's great. Why would we go talk to someone? Yeah, no, that it's such a pinnacle point in our lives and our relationship, right? When, when he said that, um, I had never thought about, you know, going to a couples counselor or doing coaching or therapy, but there was something that resonated when he said it about, oh, you know, go talk about what it means to get married. And, you know, that's when I think the first inkling of like, oh, well, gosh, I guess nobody really did train. You don't get any training in that. And when we looked at, you know, both of our parents' marriages, which we then later explored in much more depth, but just the fact that it opened up a space to look at like, oh, you know, my parents were soon to be divorced. Your parents were twice divorced. There's alcoholism on both sides of the family and if I, you know, if I know if I looked at my parents, it wasn't the model relationship. And then where else would we have, you know, how, what else were we to go on? Because that was what was wired in us. Well, you just get married and then you live happily ever after. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the <laughs> movies, I mean, of course. So you don't really think about what happens after the wedding. You just get married and yeah. then everything works itself out. Exactly. Because you Except had it all. It doesn't. Right. You know, if you looked at my parents and and your parents after as well. So I think. You know, it was interesting because, you know, going in with, you know, being very skeptical, but then being, you know, surprised, I guess, and shocked by Dr. Bob and his insights and, and really then having a focus, I guess, for us, like let's focus on our wedding as our first act together, like mm -hmm. the first thing, our first project as a married couple. And that was very appealing to me, like something that we could focus on together, like how do we want our wedding to be? And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And, and why do we have guests there? Why do you invite people? And what readings do you want? And what music do you want? Like things that I thought you just kind of mailed it in. Like, right. and you didn't really think about. And, and I think part of the pivotal moment for me that still resonates was him asking me, you know, what I want. Rich, mm -hmm. what do you want for the wedding? What would make you happy? And I thought, and then I said, well, if Gertrude's happy, then I'll be happy. He's like, Rich, like, no, what do you want? You know, what do you want? I thought again, you know, really hard. I'm thinking really hard here. I'm like, well, if all the guests have fun and if Gertrude have, has fun, then I'll have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, so really just not being in touch with my wants. It was all outside and on other people. Uh, and obviously that started a huge journey for both of us and, you know, social and emotional intelligence and just growth work and opening up 
a lot and opening up our relationship. And I would have never guessed that starting with that would, you know, so much impact our relationship together. Yeah. Wow. So many memories and thoughts, you know, coming to the surface as you're sharing that. And I feel actually like really touched and moved and so grateful, you know, for this journey. And I'm thinking about it too, as you were saying that, you know, Dr. Wright helped us create a vision, right? Like that's the first thing you said. If you, you know, have a vision for your marriage and your relationship, we're like, well, what's that? You know, like everything you said, and that was part of it. You're looking at what you wanted, you know, what's the vision for your relationship so that you can, when you have that, it's a steady place that you can weather the storms, you know, that were to come inevitably, but we didn't, of course, sure. wanted to believe maybe, you know, the happily ever after still but also how a wedding stirs up so much unfinished business, right? So that was our first and, you know, things came like flooding, you know, right to the surface. When well, I remember all want, kinds right? of things. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, you're like, I, I remember your aunt fell down, you know, my dad got drunk and lost, you know, literally at our wedding, you know, my stepmom's like, have you seen your dad? I'm like, no, not really my time to watch him, mm -hmm. you know, and someone finds him like passed out in a bush. So, I mean, yeah. obviously a lot of things I think came up through the process too. I mean, there was yeah, a lot awesome. of, you know, a lot of things we were dealing with. I remember with your mom, you know, and, and me feeling like this is our wedding, not your mom's wedding, you know, and having some fights with your mom and fights that at that time you weren't having with her, you know, which was very interesting around, you know, bridesmaids dresses and all kinds of, you know, crazy right. things. Like the typical things for a wedding that unless you've opened up a space to look at those and the conflict or the, you know, when you said that about you were having the fights for me and, you know, I had a very enmeshed relationship with my mom, um, very dependent on her. And, you know, if, if we had not started growth work, it would have been her wedding, you know, and that we would have attended. And um, I, I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for you stepping in there to, to start the work that I would then need to do. But it, it called that so much to the surface that it became pretty obvious. And, you know, something else Dr. Wright said along the way is like, okay, you know, you get married and that, that day is like the start of getting married. Right. Like that's like kind of your kickoff celebration, right? Sure. And then you're not really married for like three to five years of, of of real work on yourselves. And I think my work came right to the surface around my mom and family relationships. So I went, you know, kind of like jumped right into like- Yeah, you were very honest. Work. I think you jumped right in and started working on that before we even got married. And I was kind of like, I'm good. You know, I'm still a little, <laughs> you know, weary and, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know. So as you jumped in and you're doing assignments and, and I watched you start to change. I watched you actually- you know, do these weekly assignments and become stronger and become more and more like and and become more alive, I think, than even you were before and start to clear things out of the way. Then I became afraid, like, wait a second, if she keeps growing and I'm not growing, mm. that's not going to work out. You know, like you hear so many times about couples, you know, have children and then they focus on the children, but they forget the couple and they forget each other. And then all of a sudden the children leave and then they divorce, which is exactly what happened with your parents. Exactly. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. 
And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women. And coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go. It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. No, um, and as you're saying that, I'm I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I, that was, you know, that point in my life where that all made sense, right? And just kind of leap of faith and and jumping in. And I kind of look back on it sometimes. I'm so grateful again that you joined the journey because I didn't wait and I didn't wait to see if you were going to, to keep going. I was very glad I didn't have to face some, you know, choice point where if you had said, nope, you know, you go do that thing. I'm not because we well, it kind of happened up. in phases, right? Yeah. I think part of it was, you know, I'm competitive, you know, but for, some of it was very fear based and, you yeah. know, fear of being abandoned Fear, you know, my parents divorced. So I think I lived with this core belief of abandonment, like, oh my gosh, like, is she going to leave me? I better jump in, you know, and really start doing my growth work and start you know, learning really mm-hmm. and growing and, and changing so we could change together, so we could grow together. And I think that was very, very important. And it led to so many different things, yeah. right? Like when you, you were talking about our families and alcoholism and, you know, when we looked at, you know, 
our genograms and looked at like everything that was colliding from my side of the family and with all the things that were colliding with your side of the family. Like we never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. But to look and think about what are the strengths on my side that I'm bringing? What are the strengths on your side? And it's like hereditary, you know, yeah. like generation after generation is coming together. But then also looking at the weaknesses, looking at the darkness and the light. And how do we mitigate the darkness? But how do we grow the light? And then choose that together was, was, I think, the coolest thing. Like, wait a second, it's our marriage. And we can choose together. How are we going to combine these two diverse families into what is our marriage? And we have choice, mm -hmm. you know, so to be more aware and conscious and then be able to choose what do we want our marriage to be like? And I think, you know, a major event for us was around addictions and yep. was around alcoholism. You know, and I think that was something very early on that we started looking at and partnering around. And I think you've led the way a lot, you know, kind of in an experimenting with your drinking, you know, then I started experimenting with my drinking, you know, trying not to drink or yeah. trying to have one drink and, and just looking at what came up and all these beliefs like, well, I can't have fun if I'm not drinking. Yep. You know, I, I, I people won't like me yeah. if I'm not drinking. And just that that urge to like, as soon as you walk in the bar, have a drink and take the edge off. Or as soon as you walk in a party, have a drink right away, take the edge off. But what's wrong with the edge? Right. You know, and what's wrong with that aliveness and keep that aliveness? And I think that was a big journey for us to eventually then choose to stop drinking and mm -hmm. to say, we're going to stop this addiction, you know, in this generation. Like you and I are going to consciously choose to live a more conscious life and not to use alcohol the way I was using it, which was to avoid feelings. Yeah, no, I, it is. It's, I think, one of the best decisions, you know, that, that we ever 100%. made, 100%, that carried through every aspect then, right? And, you know, because we were looking at that in addition to other ways that kind of kept us from not connecting or getting deeper. And I mean, the alcohol was a big one, right? If you For are sure. always taking that edge off, then we're but not you can fully lie. conscious. You can lie and say, oh, but we were so alive. We're drunk and we're crazy. Right. And I'm uninhibited <laughs> and da, da, da. But no, I'm not there. But then looking you know, I'm at not how there. I unconsciously expressed my anger and picked fights when I was drunk. And you always had an excuse, like, right. which is crazy that society gives you an excuse. Oh, don't worry, you were drunk. Yeah, it's always So you okay. get a total pass, right. yeah. No. So I think that was a big piece of us choosing to live a more conscious life. So it wasn't, you know, initially it was just like stop drinking. Right. But then it kind of merged into how do we lead a more conscious life together? And how do we feel together? And I think that's the social and emotional intelligence, like to be self-aware, to know our feelings, to be able to manage those feelings, to choose then to be in relationship together and have empathy for each other, you know, and really come together. Yeah, no, it's, I'm so, so grateful. And I'm thinking about, I mean, the alcohol was the big one, but we also got rid of our TV, you know, because oh, yeah. we saw that that was, you know, early, and that was the only screen at the time that, you know, because <laughs> we were, you know, we're married pre uh, the internet and pre really personal computers. So TV was the big thing, but we found ourselves like, just zoning out in front of the television. So, and this was, you know, through Dr. Judith Wright's work on conscious living and soft addictions that we, you know, went to trainings on and did ongoing work with, because this For isn't sure. easy. It isn't like you just like stop drinking. Like you have to work on yourself because there were deeper yearnings and hungers that we had that all of that was 
covering up. Um, and the TV was, I think, probably our other biggest one. Well, and Dr. Judith talks about the math of more, and we had to add other things in to start crowding out, mm -hmm. you know, some of those other things that were crutches that we went to that would then, you know, it's kind of like we would get into the cycle of bad decisions, like stay up late and watch TV all night and then be behind at work and then be grumpy the next day and then, you know, make sure then you go drink coffee. I mean, just, you know, you get into these cycles instead of what can we do that's more nourishing and how can we as a couple and as each other express our feelings, you know, and, and be more nourished instead of avoid feelings. Yeah. And I, um, I want to go back to, well, it's all kind of related, right? Like this feelings part, that's, you know, the thing that you said you wanted and saw in me, but then when I started showing them, you were just right ready to like shut them down. Right. And then this masculine that I was wanting in you when then I just felt like, you were just overly aggressive and I, I wanted to shut your masculine down. So I feel like that's been a big part of our journey too, is, you know, you moving more into your being because you're such a doer and, you know, huge achiever and, you know, use your, your brains and all that in, in such a powerful way, leaving your being behind. I can be more being and feminine and not do. Yeah. Right. So that's been so much of our journey Absolutely. also that I wanted to name. And I think it, it kind of, you know, fit in with our decision that we knew we wanted to have children, but mm -hmm. we were going to wait, you know, and let's be married first, you know, and let's spend time together and let's set a solid foundation for our couple. And I think that choice that our couple is the core of our family, whether we have children or not, yeah, we are a huge. family. Huge, huge. Well, I think I'm going to save the whole children and conception and all that for another episode because that's totally an episode in itself. Um, you know, but this one, I think about the beginnings of our relationship and naming the things that we worked on and the things that worked for us because we're, you know, we didn't reach some pinnacle and then, you know, realize no, we're it was still working on it. I mean, huge. It and I sure. think we hit plateaus for sure, you know, kind of got comfortable. And then when, especially during the child rearing times and you raising your business and, you know, we definitely separated at some degree and we can, we'll talk about that again in another one. But, you know, I, I think we're so aware now of the journey, you know, for of sure. it all. But Well, I think, you know, if you go back to our wedding vows, you know, mm -hmm. partners, lovers, and best friends, right? So I think we kind of really helped, like we became you know, really good partner. Yes. Like we were able to do projects together and we were very good at doing, mm -hmm. you know, and doing things. Um, you know, and we loved each other, I think dearly and our love continues to grow, but I think we've really worked on the best friends part. Yeah. Like, and that's something, you know, when you talk about best friends, it's something we continue to work on as a couple. What does it mean to be best friends? I mean, we worked on no secrets as mm -hmm. an example, like not having secrets from each other. We worked on things like, not spending over a certain amount of money without talking to the other person about it. I mean, just a lot of things that, you know, when you think about, can I really be best friends with my wife? Yeah, I know. I think that's, um, and now on the other side of kids gone and, and, and that, that's, you know, what we're really fostering and, and working on at the moment. So if we were to summarize for our listeners of this podcast, some of the things that, you know, what is it, the elements of a successful relationship that we're talking about here? Well, I think we mentioned a lot of things, but, you know, if I go back to what pissed me off when Stan said, you know, work on your communication, I do think communication is critical, but it, that's almost too simple. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you just talk, which, which is important, 
you know, we've, you know, we spend a lot of time just sharing with each other and even doing five minute, five minute, you know, sharing with each other and just listening. But I think communication means a lot of things. It means me being aware of my feelings so I can share them with you. That's communication. Yeah. You know, me being responsible with my fear, with my hurt, with my anger, so that you can hear it. You know, and I think we're still working on that. But I think that piece of communication and social emotional intelligence kind of wrapped together, I think, is one really key element. Yeah. And I think you said this, but to underline that the, the communicating is at so many levels, right? And getting, we talked about, you know, getting things out of the way that allowed us to yeah. share more of our deeper yearnings and our deeper wants. And that's very vulnerable. Um, so you have to, we had to work through a lot to communicate in a more revealing, and we're still working on that, you know, yeah. vulnerable way. So well, communication's and I think, big. And I think part of the communication too, and maybe it's a separate category, is learning how to fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were like the Ken and Barbie, the look good. We never wanted to fight. We, we had never an assignment wanted... to pick fights, yeah, like to pick over 100%. fights with each other. And that's what I mean. But I think, you know, Bob, you know, obviously, you know, heart of the fight, you know, Dr. Bob and Dr. Judith have a book out, but really seeing if we weren't fighting, something was wrong. Yeah. Not if we were fighting, something was wrong. It was because we weren't fighting, something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And we needed to be fighting for something and fighting for something that we wanted. And, you know, you mentioned yearnings and coming back to wanting something and then how important it was to be able to negotiate that within our relationship. So I think learning to fight has been critical as well. And maybe that fits under communication, but maybe because it was so important, it's, it's so. a separate yeah, own topic. And I, I, I think this, because this is all of what we're talking about, but I think to name you know, for a successful relationship that you really do, I have, you do need to do some personal growth work. Yeah. You know, I, I, you can have an okay relationship or kind of get by, but without these skills and training, none of us got this in our upbringings, you know, no one. And even us, and we knew more in raising our daughters, there's, there's still huge gaps. You know, we maybe created an opening, but every family, no matter how you know, synchronized or well, there's so much more. Yeah. And our only model was our parents. We didn't have a good model, I right. guess is the key, you know, so to be able to have a vision beyond what we had seen. Right. We both grew up with, you know, dysfunctional relationships that we were witnessing with our parents that ended in divorce. And so how are we then supposed to just magically create a beautiful relationship that wasn't going to end that way? And I think without the personal growth work and without the things that we have done, I think we would have ended up on that same path. We saw 100%. a trajectory we know we would have. and we shifted off of it. And, yep. you know, and thank God for that. And, you know, thank, you know, Dr. Bob and Dr. Judith, because mm -hmm. without that help, we were headed down a crash course, basically. 100%. Yeah, I always, you know, a ways into our marriage and doing work, I said, you know, that we would either have gotten divorced somewhere, you know, along the way, or we would have kind of stuck it out, separate lives, you know, a whole myriad of unconscious things going on um, and then divorce after the kids were gone. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think you know, and I think, you know, we've mentioned a few things. There's probably, you know, other things like getting support. Yeah. You know, you know, we've been in a couples group for a long time, uh, giving support, because then I think you even learn things more when you teach things. You I know, so that. we support yeah. other couples, yeah. you know, and we've supported, you know, younger couples. Uh, to be better than we are, right? You know, like yeah. to learn from our mistakes and start younger. So I think that's something else like giving back has been, I think, another important element 
uh, of our relationship. But I think to underline that, put the couple first. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting because maybe we need to even separate that out because we did our individual yes. work and then brought it into the couple. So it was almost like you have to put yourself first as an individual so then you can be a couple. Right. Right. So it wasn't like we just went in to do couples work. We did our own work. We grew and then came together as a couple, as two strong individuals. Yeah. Yeah. I, right on. And I think we can end there. But I let's let's end with you mentioned this, but I think as a. I don't know, an assignment for couples out there or, or just, you know, people in relationship with others that want to get closer to them. Um, the discipline that we've been doing for a while that I share and all the couples that I coach and and everything. And, and it's surprising how simple it is. And at the same time, the consistency of it allows us difficult to, to do over and over and yeah, over for yeah. sure. Do you want to say what it is? Yeah. So every day, just take five minutes each to talk non-logistically I think is the key because especially it's easy to talk about logistics and especially if you have children then for sure you can talk about logistics but to literally talk for five minutes the other person just listens doesn't get to respond and just talk about your feelings what's happening with you what you're thinking about how your day was you know depending on when you're talking about it how your day's going to be you know things you're worried about but just talk for five minutes the other person listens and then you switch and you get to listen and the other person gets to talk. And even though it sounds easy, five minutes, five minutes, that's 10 minutes every day to create that discipline will make a huge difference, I yeah. promise. And I'd be excited to hear any of you that take it on, what you learn and explore. But And there is one guideline or, or rule, and that is... Yep. In that five minutes, you're not allowed to talk about the other person. Yeah, no, you can't be dirty. Like they don't get to say anything right now so I can hammer them and tell them right. how much the, you know, how terrible they are. No, you get to talk about yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm super grateful. I'm actually super grateful for this time that we got to just, you know, share and talk and I got to be with you and and recount um, our relationship or our life that I'm so, so grateful for. Well, and thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel very mothered. <laughs> I love it. But you're, I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Okay. If you ask me, I guess. I if I'm allowed back. <laughs> I, I'm sure that will be allowed. And um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that are going to have a lot of takeaways from this. So, yay. Blessings. Yay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.